Hey, welcome to the Married People Podcast, where we help you make marriage real, fun, and simple. Each week, we have honest conversations about one simple thing that can make your marriage better. Because when your marriage is better, everything's better. My name's Ted, and I am usually here with CJ and Afton, but we're doing things a little bit differently today. I'm with my good friend, Sherry Surratt, and Sherry has written this incredible book with her husband, Jeff, and... uh, and the title of this amazing book is Together, A Guide for Couples Doing Ministry Together. And we're going to dive in that in just a minute. But uh, Sherry, thanks for being on our show. Oh, Ted, you're so welcome. I'm so glad to be here today. And uh, just the two topics, marriage and ministry, are two of my absolute favorite topics. So yeah, looking forward to a great conversation. Well, I am so excited about this because as Nancy and I have been in ministry the whole time we've been married for the last 23 years. And um, have had opportunities to speak into people's marriages that are in ministry. And to be honest with you, I was really shocked at how few resources that there are on this whole topic of how in the world do you do ministry and marriage together? Have you found that to be the, the case? Yeah. You know, Ted, that's really what drove Jeff and I to write this book. Um, it's not because we consider ourselves marriage experts or ministry experts. It's really, uh, it came out of a time in our marriage, we've been married 35 years when our marriage just really, we hit a ditch. It was Mm. really bad. We looked around for resources and couldn't find any. And so through our journey, that's really what prompted us. You know what? The kind of book that we would like, that we wished we had, let's, let's see if we can write that. And so we know our limitations. So we invite (laughs) smart uh, couples in ministry to join us and help us to write it and tell their stories too. I love that. Well, tell us a little bit about your and Jeff's uh, journey in in ministry and marriage and family. Yeah. So uh, really interesting. Jeff comes from a ministry background. In fact, um, his dad was a pastor. His grandpa was a pastor. Um, all of his siblings are in ministry. In fact, across the country, there are 27 Surratts in full-time ministry today. Wow. Yeah. So we say uh, it's a Surratt mafia. <laughs> and <laughs> if, if a Surratt hasn't come to your town to start a church, well, it's just we haven't had time yet. So we're coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was really interesting for me, Ted, because I grew up in a church where uh, my my family was not in ministry. Now, I grew up in a church, but um, when Jeff and I got married at the young age of 20, both of us, um, in fact, I was just a couple of months shy of 20, um, we moved from my family home in St. Louis, Missouri to Houston, Texas. So I was away from my family. Uh, Jeff was a youth pastor. Um, That transition right there from going from not being a ministry to all of a sudden being married to a pastor was huge. I didn't know what that was like to uh, be a pastor's wife. And people, all of a sudden, I noticed that there were like expectations, like people noticed, you know, expected me to be doing things uh, because I was a pastor's wife. And I had no idea what those things were. Mm. And I was, I was lost. I really was learning how to be a wife, you know, in general, but now being learned, learning how to be married to someone in full-time ministry and what that would mean to me. Um, it took me a while to find my way. Um, you know, does it mean that I have to be at every event that Jeff does, every event that the church offers, you know, did it mean that I was supposed to volunteer in certain areas? I had to really figure that out. And going forward, you know, in our time together, 
um, I did, I was able to figure it out, but it wasn't by myself. So Mm. I looked to other couples in ministry and other pastor's wives, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, but we transitioned from that. uh, We moved to Charleston, South Carolina after 14 years, and we're both of us then full-time on staff at Seacoast Church. I was um, children's ministry pastor and then uh, moved into family ministry and Jeff was the executive pastor there. And at one point, Ted, Jeff was my boss. No, that can't be of the Lord, Sherry. Yeah, you no, guys just... got out of the Lord's will at that moment right there. <laughs> you know, it, salary review time was just a lot of fun, you know. Uh, <laughs> He's like, I'm going to give you a big fat bonus. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We, we have a, a kid, you know, going to be going to college, so I need a raise. Um <laughs> It was it that was difficult um, too, just to learn, you know, uh, all the dynamics there of working with Jeff and working full time in ministry, and we were there for fourteen years, um, and and in that time, kind of in between there, Jeff also planted a church. So now, you know, it was a new dynamic for me. Um, here, Jeff and I were, you know, uh, planting this church together. We didn't know what we were doing, um, and it was a very small church, and that was very frustrating and an opportunity for resentment to enter into my heart, which really affected our marriage. Mm. And Jeff and I have gone on to uh, to have opportunities to serve together, but also to serve separately. So uh, I was at one point the CEO of Mops International, which I always have to say is not a cleaning company. <laughs> It stands for Mothers of Preschoolers. Um, And so that was very separate from church work. And Jeff was still, you know, full-time pastor at a church. And we have had several opportunities in our marriage to have that, where we are in ministry separately, but then also in ministry together. And it has an impact on your marriage. And yeah. Wow. So, so you guys have been across the board, Sherry. So you've been from, hey, I, I come from normal world. Now I've entered into pastor's world to working together, to working separately. What are what do you say, Sherry, would be some unique challenges when it comes to um, people in ministry? Let's speak to someone who's maybe just married somebody that's in ministry. What are the unique challenges there? Yeah, I think one of the unique challenges is to figure out what your expectations are. So this is something that I had to learn really quick. I had expectations coming into marriage, knowing that we would be in ministry. Jeff also had expectations already having a ministry background. Um, And we didn't have the sense, the good sense at that (laughs) point, to even talk about it together. Mm. And so things wouldn't go like I had expected, and I would get my feelings hurt. And um, I didn't know what other people were expecting of me, and sometimes that would hurt my feelings too and make me feel bewildered. Hmm. And I, I would always just try to keep it to myself and figure it out. That's a mistake. Hmm. Um, what we have learned is uh, you need as a couple to talk about what do you expect ministry to be? What do you expect marriage to be in ministry? Hmm. And you know, just to get honest with each other, to tell each other what's going on in your heart in those expectations you know, life is never perfect, whether you're in ministry or not, and life is never going to meet all your expectations. And so you really need to be honest because this is the foothold, I think, where Satan gets into your marriage, Mm -hmm. because this is where resentment comes in. 
and misunderstanding and miscommunication. So what Jeff and I have learned to do over the years is we've learned to get honest. I've learned to be able to look my husband in the eye and say, what you just said hurt my feelings. Um, instead of keeping it in my heart, uh, not talking about it, um, trying to brush it over. And then it comes back and bites me in the butt, bites us both in the butt <laughs> because I didn't talk about it. Hmm. And that, that that's one of the big things we have learned through the years is to be able to have honest conversations and talk about when it's not working, um, you know, in your marriage. Hmm. Can you give me an example of those first few years of when you, maybe you got your feelings hurt and you're like, wow, what if, you know, I've moved away from my family. Uh, here I am in Houston. Uh, is there a time that you can remember a specific example of that? Yeah. Right after our first child was born and we were still youth pastors and, uh, you know, in youth ministry, we were having overnight all nighters, you know, all night parties on New Year's Eve and different things like that. Well, Jeff just expected me to come to all of those things. Well, I was a new mom. I was exhausted. I, I didn't want to leave my newborn baby with anybody else. Um, and so I kind of mentioned it to Jeff about, Hey, you know, I think I'm not going to go. He's like, what? Not going to go. So I felt bad about it. Instead of talking it out with him, I just came and I brought Mike and, you know, at an all night party with, you know, 150 teenagers and oh. it was disaster. <laughs> um, and I remember sitting over in a corner, uh, you know, breastfeeding him in, you know, with all these teenagers swirling around me, it was just the weirdest experience. And I remember sitting there having a moment thinking, I hate this. I hate my life. What have I done? Mm. And, um, feeling like I'm a horrible mom, a horrible wife. I felt like I was failing at all of it. And I didn't have the words I felt like to be able to tell Jeff about it until years later. Well, then when I unpacked it and talked to him about it, he was amazed because he literally, it wasn't that he was being so cold and unfeeling. He just had no idea that that's what I was feeling in my mm. heart. And I have to take responsibility for that. I should have spoken up sooner. Here, here's something else I have found in ministry too, is um, I think especially as wives, we want to protect our husbands from some of the pain in ministry. And so I felt like to tell him what I was thinking and feeling would pile on to mm. all the other pain that he was already feeling in ministry about people not liking the church, people, uh, you know, stopping tithing and, you know, all that other kind of stuff. I didn't want to pile onto that. So I kept things to myself and it was a big mistake. Mm. So the, that makes total sense, especially somebody coming home from ministry and they've, they're, they're exhausted and you're like, Hey, you're not meeting my expectation here either. How did you, right. how does, how does someone do that? Well, let's say someone's just gotten in the ministry, um, whether that's husband or wife, and they've come into this situation and, uh, they're in the same situation they're in or what would, what's the best way to do that without piling on? Cause that's, that's a valid concern. Yeah, it really is. And I think you, kind of learn the rhythm of ministry um, when you're in it for a little while. For example, if, you know, your husband or you, you know, either one of you are speaking at church on the weekend, right after they give a big message, it's not a great time to have a big conversation. Amen. <laughs> or, you Amen. Know, after any other event, um, you know, and I think this is just a true principle in marriage in general is to pick your time well taking into account what is the rhythm 
of your day, of your week, of your month. And um, I would say things like this to Jeff. I would say, babe, there's something I need to talk to you about it. Or there's something I need to talk to you about. When would be a good time Mm, when we could schedule a time? And then I would try to think that through. If we said, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to set some time tomorrow night. I would kind of think ahead. I'd think, okay, well, let's, let's have a nice dinner. Let's, uh, let's have a little bit of time to relax and to catch up just on all the stuff that's going on in our life. And so I would try to set the stage then to be able to kind of ease into that. But here's my personality, Ted. I, 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 I'm a doer. I want to attack it. Um, and so before early in my marriage, I would build it up in my heart. I'd be mad about something. He would come home from an event or a church meeting or, you know, meeting with the elder board or whatever. And as soon as he hit the door, I would say, I have something to talk to you about. And then I would launch (laughs) in. Well, that's just a mistake. Right. And so I think you have to think about where's the other at in their day, in their mood, in their thinking and kind of plan ahead um, get yourself in a good mental place so that you can talk about it. Um, kind of have a, in your mind ahead of time, what is it that I want to accomplish with this conversation? I don't want to beat him up. I don't want to uh, just make my point. I want us to come to a place together where we can honestly share our feelings. And so I had to to work at that and to plan ahead and to really kind of think through what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. Oh, that's so good. That's good for whether you're in ministry or not. You know, what are those good times? I mean, some of the best advice we got right before we got married is don't talk about anything important before 9 a.m. or after 9 p.m. Uh, yeah. And that for us, like when we've broken that rule, it has not gone well. But that is such a good principle to say. I'm going to talk about them when they're not depleted because ministry makes you feel so vulnerable afterwards. And, you know, especially if you've, if you've spoken or something, you just feel like, oh, I just feel so vulnerable right now. And to be, yeah. a, to be aware of that is so... It's so, so key. Oh, that's, that's really, really good. That's good. Yeah, being in ministry, I think is unique in that it's, it's a very intimate thing, whether you're a volunteer at a church or volunteering at another ministry or full-time on staff or leading a church, you're giving of yourself emotionally and you're opening up your heart. You're making yourself very vulnerable. And so it's tempting to shut that off when you leave ministry, even shutting it off from your spouse And so that I think is probably one of the number one things Jeff and I see when we're interacting with other ministry couples is the wife or the husband will even say, they come home so emotionally exhausted. I feel like they have nothing left for me. Hmm. And that is really something to notice about yourself. It's a great question as you're talking with your spouse to say, do you feel like you have access to, to all of me, you know, when I'm here or when we're on a date night and then be ready to listen to the honest answer. If your spouse says, no, I don't, I don't feel like I have access to all of you. I don't feel like you're fully present with me. Well, that's a great thing to hear from your spouse so that you can go back and really kind of work on that. So what do you do, Sherry, if, you know, it's at the end of the day and you're just kind of part of the rhythm of of ministry is that you're exhausted um, at the end of the day. What do you What do you do about that? What's the What's the wisdom if you're talking to um, somebody? The one that's in. Let's talk for just a minute for those of us who are in ministry. Maybe our spouse isn't, 
and they've just told us, hey, I feel like I'm not getting the best of you. I'm getting what's left of you. How do you handle that? Yeah, you know, that's um, that's a, a great thing to do some thinking on for yourself. So when I was at Mops International, my days were very long, very stressful. Uh, through the whole day as the CEO, I was faced with multiple opportunities that reminded me I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> right? that, that, that is truth that men don't say, Sherry. That's what I love to talk about yeah. smart women in ministry. They're, <laughs> they're honest about those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. And so... When I would come home and I had a 35 minute drive to get to my house, I was emotionally exhausted. And, um, so Jeff would, uh, he told me this, he said, when you come home, I feel like, uh, you don't even want to be with me because you're just, you've had it, you know, through that day, there's just nothing left of you. So what I had to learn to do was to figure out what's kind of a quick way that I can refresh myself and recollect, you know, my thoughts and my emotions so that I can give Jeff my best. And for me, oftentimes it was when I come home, I want to go in my bedroom and I want to just change my clothes. I want to put on something fresh and comfortable so that, um, you know, whatever is ahead for us in the evening, whether it's just sitting down to dinner with Jeff or we have someplace we have to go that night, I feel like I'm giving myself a fresh start. And for me, it was changing my clothes. Um, you know, for Jeff, uh, he will often come home and he needs to do the same to refresh himself. And he needs a few minutes alone. Um, I'm a little bit more of an extrovert. Jeff is a little bit more of an introvert. And so he needs a short space where he's not talking to anyone. <laughs> you know, he can collect himself um, by himself. And, um, you know, there's a favorite chair that he likes to sit in, in our family room and he will go sit in that chair and, you know, look, look at stuff on his phone for a few minutes that allows him to collect himself so that he can refresh and be ready for me. And I think that's really, really important for couples to do, especially with ministry being so draining Hmm. and, um, you've got to find what refuels you go do that, provide that opportunity to do that, uh, as a short, you know, in a, in a short spurt so that then you're ready to be fully present with your spouse. Gosh, I love that. I know doing ministry for years for me, I would not take any hard counseling appointments at the end of the day, uh, because I couldn't let it go. It would take, you know, meet with somebody and they're telling you they're breaking up and you know, they're just so emotionally exhausting. So for me, I was like, I know that I need to do those, you know, at the first of the day uh, and preferably first of the week. Um, yeah. But it's knowing it's knowing your rhythm and allowing your spouse to do that. That's amazing. So so you would say people just need to figure out what is it? What is that thing that helps me to recoup? I know for some people, it may be what driving home. If you've got that 30 minute commute to listen to music, to listen to a podcast, um, whatever yeah. that thing is to get yourself. Okay. I've got to get myself geared up. Just kind of realize because the number one time couples are fighting is when they reconnect at the end of the day. And I don't know if that's true in ministry as well, but I, I would imagine it would be, um, because we are so drained. Right. Right. And I think, you know, there are seasons in ministry as well. You know, uh, everybody listening to this, that either volunteers or works at a church knows this, that, Easter season leading up to that is incredibly busy. Leading up to uh, Christmas Eve is incredibly busy. Um, You know, if you're involved in family ministry, children's ministry, you know, leading up to the summer for camps, mission trips and things like that, that's an incredibly busy season. And I think sitting ahead of time down with your spouse 
and um, talking about, you know what, we're getting ready to enter into a busy season and I need you to uh, just know it's coming and uh, know that after the season ends, then we're going to uh, spend some more time together and, you know, we'll be able to, to kind of reconnect. And when Jeff and I started to learn to do that, it really, really helped because then things didn't take me by surprise so much. Mm-hmm. You know, that the week before Easter, our church would um, our church would have this big Easter production and different things like that. I literally wouldn't see Jeff for two weeks straight because he was working, you know, uh, 15 hour days. And I, I would get immediately hurt and panicked because I'd think, oh, man, our marriage is in trouble. That really wasn't the case. It was a busy season. And once I knew it was common, Jeff would kind of prep me. Then afterwards, I could plan some special things for us to be able to spend more time together and to reconnect. And it's just helpful to mm. take into account the, the seasons. That is so important. So it's like we just have to be real careful that one season doesn't roll into the next. But it it, it does help. You know, you and I both work with uh, Orange, and there's Orange Conference, right? Right. And so there's lots of build up to that. So I think that's one thing we've learned to go. Hey, these are seasons that we really can't change. I mean, they're part of our job, and it requires a lot of hours and a lot of effort. And we want it to be excellent, but to have that time on the end to go, man, if we can just make it to the end of this, then we're going to have some time to do that. So we're not asking people, you're, I don't think you, you and Jeff would ever ask anybody to say, hey, live an unrealistic schedule that never has any heavy times, any seasons. Um, you're saying, there, but there's a better way to do it. So you're not so exhausted. Right. And I think another really important principle kind of related to that is to widen the circle in your marriage. Um, you, it's really important that you connect with other couples who uh, are outside of your church, but also who uh, know ministry. So maybe they're, they work at another church or in another ministry area. And so you can get together with them to just kind of talk about things like this, like, man, our schedule has been just super crazy. You know, what, how do you guys handle it? What do you do? Um, so that you can kind of talk about it with somebody who gets it. But then another part of that, Ted, that I think is really important is to have an accountability partner. I think both husbands and wives need this. And maybe it's another couple that holds you accountable, or maybe it's individually you have an accountability partner that will get in your face, has the permission to say, buddy, you are working too much. Mm. Or, uh, hey, my friend, you are away from away from your home too much, you know, and that you will listen to them. Because sometimes our spouses can be telling us those things and we're not listening. When someone else who we have invited into our lives and we respect them, when they get in our face and say it, sometimes then we we listen a little bit better. I think it's really good to have somebody outside of your home who knows marriage, who knows you, that watches you, that knows your habits, that is able to speak into that and that you listen. Mm, that's so good. I love your phrase, widen the circle of your marriage. And because I know a lot of people in ministry, especially if you're working in a smaller church, they feel too vulnerable to, to share a story that we're struggling because they're afraid that the rest of the congregation will find out about it. Um, right. You know, there's such a thing of isolation of that. And you're saying, hey, widen the circle and connect over here with people that uh, understand what's going on. Somebody that's not afraid to get in your face. Exactly. Exactly. And somebody who gets ministry, you know, the families in your church, they honestly don't have any idea what it is for you to be married and be a ministry and leading a church or leading a ministry mm-hmm. area. 
there's no way they could know. And so you need, you can be friends with those people, but you can't tell them everything. That's why you need another couple outside of your church that does get ministry that you can talk to. Right. Cause they think we just work on Sundays, right? They think we pray during the week and focus in on Sunday. Um, No, that's amazing. So widen the circle, have an accountability partner. Uh, I love that. So talk a little bit to people who they are overwhelmed in ministry right now. Um, They know they need to change. They know they need to make tweaks, but they're a little bit afraid uh, for what that could mean to their job. How do they, how do they approach leadership on this thing? What's what's your take on that? Because I know a lot of people that these expectations aren't just coming from themselves. They're coming from their boss. Right, right. And I think, you know, one of your responsibilities as a husband or a wife is you have to fight for your marriage. You have to fight for your marriage, which means having courage to speak up. Um, I would imagine, Ted, that there are some people who are listening to this who are not the lead pastor, but they work for a lead pastor who uh, works crazy hours (laughs) and maybe is not sympathetic to, you know, having family time and things like that. And I think you need to speak up and and go to your senior pastor and say, hey, um, in order for my ministry to be my best, my family life has to be my best. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to take my day off. Uh, Whatever your day off is, you protect that. And you tell your team, you tell your your senior pastor, um, if you text me during this day, you're not going to get an answer back from me right away. Um, and, and I think it's really important to set those boundaries, to let your wife know, to let your husband know. If I do get a text about ministry during the day and this is my day off, um, I'm not going to answer it. I'm going to wait until maybe at the very end of the day or maybe the next day to be able to respond. And I think letting people know ahead of time, if emergencies come up, uh, obviously there are some emergencies that you do have to respond to if someone uh, you know, has a family member die or, you know, is in a severe crisis, obviously sometimes you need to respond. But other than that, usually crisis, even crisis situations can be delayed and you let your team know, this is my day off. I protect it. I, I spend it with my family. Um, and I think you really have to fight for that. And, uh, ministry will push at you. It will push at your boundaries. It will test you, but you have to remember that you are a model for the other families mm-hmm. in your church and they are watching. If you are blowing your family off to do ministry all the time, then that is sending a very loud message that you don't want to send. And that's what church is about, right? It's about mm-hmm. family. It's about strong families. Um, and we need to make sure we're modeling that in everything we do. Mm, I love that. Sherry, when it comes to boundaries, I've learned as I've worked with church leaders, uh, especially with youth pastors, um, they're really shocked and taken back by this whole idea of boundaries to say, hey, kids can't come over to your house every night. You know, maybe there's dinner time where you're saying this is just going to be our family or there's one night a week that you say you can't you can't stop by. Um, and I got a lot of pushback. I've gotten a lot of pushback over the years from people to say that doesn't feel very Christian. That doesn't feel uh, very much like ministry. I don't think my pastor uh, would like that. I'm not sure what kids would think. What would you say to that? Yeah, and I would say we we have lost our way in ministry um, to that extent. You know, I one of the things that breaks uh, Jeff and, and my heart is when we see couples in ministry who've been married for a long time, and then all of a sudden their marriage just falls into a ditch. They separate, they get divorced, um, 
And, and we look back and we think that didn't have to happen. That didn't mm. have to be. Um, our ministry will only be as strong as the foundation of our family life, as mm. our marriage. And there is no way, no way that we are going to stand before God at the end. Um, and God's going to say, oh, man, too bad about your marriage, but way to go in ministry, mm. way to build that church. God is not going to say that. He calls us, if we are married, if we are a parent, he calls us for that to be our first primary ministry mm. to our family. And it means cheating. It really does. But cheating in the right way, cheating on the ministry side, cheating on the work side, meaning that you know, when, if your kid has a game or your wife needs you home, that you leave at 4 PM, um, instead of maybe 5 PM and that you're home for that and, uh, cheat on the work side, cheat on the ministry side. Don't cheat your family. Mm. Uh, Robert and our producer and I are sitting here shaking our heads right now. We're like bobbleheads. Just, it's so, so important, and it feels like it should be common knowledge and common practice, but you and I unfortunately know that it's not. Um, Sherry, you mentioned a little bit earlier that you and Jeff hit a, hit a point where your marriage was in a ditch. If you don't mind, can you share a little bit about that season for you guys? Yeah, it came out of um, some of the very things that I just said. Uh, Jeff was planting a church as a young church planter. Uh, the church, when we went there had 13 people, uh, total. <laughs> and so, uh, I, uh, you know, started, jumped in and started a women's ministry, started teaching Sunday school for the kids, started a children's ministry. They didn't have one. And, uh, Jeff was doing all the preaching, um, trying to build a small group system. He was even having to mow the grass at the church. <laughs> and, um, we were literally driving ourselves crazy. And our kids were young at the time. And, uh, we, you know, the church started growing very quickly. And, um, I got to the point, Ted, where I felt lost. I really, I thought, I don't even know who I am anymore. And I was working a full-time job, um, in the Houston school district at that time. And as an assistant principal and was just super busy myself. And, and, and we were, you know, we, Jeff and I were like, uh, passing ships in the night, you know, we would, it really literally became like we were, um, roommates who were working on a project together. We had lost all intimacy. We weren't talking about, um, the things that mattered. We were just working ourselves as hard as we possibly could. And we, uh, came to a point where I decided I, uh, what's the point in even being married? Um, because we don't, we don't have a marriage anymore. And so I'd reached the point, the lowest point I think I've ever reached where I decided, you know what, I'm going to pack up the kids. Um, I'm leaving and mm. I, I can't do this anymore. And, uh, luckily, uh, you know, not to over spiritualize, but God intervened. Um, we, we, uh, were actually at a marriage retreat that we were leading. And, <laughs> um, yeah, so ironic. Mm. And, um, and God just really got a hold of my heart. And he said, Sherry, you, you are one ball of resentment. And it really is this the way you want to live the rest of your life. And I, I just melted. And um, Jeff and I at that retreat, we uh, started praying together. And uh, we, we both just cried. I apologized. He apologized. And we just asked God to come in and rebuild. And honestly, we didn't know how God would do it. 
but that's so God, right? Where Mm. he can do things we can't dream or imagine. And I love to tell couples who feel like they're in just an incredibly hard place and there's no way out. There's no answers. Uh, Maybe there's been, you know, some unfaithfulness. Maybe there's been just things that have happened that you feel like you can't get past. My advice is don't quit because Mm. you have no idea what God has around the corner for your marriage and God can rebuild anything, Mm. anything. And um, so we kind of started that rebuilding process. And that's really kind of what we talk about in the book about how we started to learn to pray together. Um, We had never done that in our marriage, prayed out loud over each other. We started doing that. We started uh, getting marriage counseling. Um, and now we, we do well marriage checkups with counselors, Hmm. highly, highly recommend it. Um, there's still, I think is a little bit of stigma in the ministry world with this. And I think that's a shame. I think there should be no stigma. I think, uh, pastors, people in ministry should lead the way for their people in this. I think they should be honest and say, yep, we go to marriage counseling. We're proud of it. Hmm. Um, it helps us stay on track. And I think you go to marriage counseling when you're in trouble, but I think also you go when everything feels okay, because that's a great person, a counselor to help you navigate those conversations, the things you need to be talking about that maybe you're not even realizing. That's amazing. So you guys are like, all right, God, I don't know how you're going to put this thing back together, but you're going to put this thing back together. And you started to pray and started to um, connect with a counselor and talking about doing well marriage checkups. Now, Uh, Sherry, I remember we were uh, talking once and you were talking about, um, Kind of you and Jeff have a ritual every day before you take off to work. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm going to get just really blunt here, Ted. Sure. Uh, one of the things, one of the things that we realized in our intimacy, our marriage intimacy, our love life, was uh, praying together over each other does more for your intimacy in your marriage than anything else because it's um, becoming real, really vulnerable with mm. your spouse. And nothing attracts me to Jeff like uh, in the morning times when he wraps his arms around me, and he does every day, um, whether I'm leaving the house or he's going to leave the house, before either one of us leave, he wraps his arms around me and he prays protection over me. Mm. And um, that uh, makes him so attractive to me because it reminds me of how incredibly much he loves me, how he's willing as a, as a husband, as a man to sacrifice his life for me and to stand in the gap for me. Um, and, uh, every morning, even before that, we sit in the same chair every morning. I drink a cup of coffee. Jeff drinks a diet Coke. We ask each other this question, what do you have ahead in your day and how can I pray for you? And we share honestly. Um, and then we pray out loud over each other. Then we stand up and Jeff wraps his arms around me and prays uh, a prayer of protection over me. And that's how we start every day. I love that. Well, and if, uh, Jeff, unfortunately today could not be with us because he is not feeling well, like the rest of the country with this nasty (laughs) flu bug, but Jeff, before people go thinking that Jeff is, um, you know, the, the saint, perfect pastor, man, Jeff is a kick in the pants. Let's just be honest, Jeff. <laughs> that's the beauty of Jeff is not only can he pray a uh, hedge of protection around you, he is a good time. Uh, he, he is. I think his spiritual, his top spiritual gift is sarcasm. So <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he is just, uh, he's a, I call him a piece of work. Um, he, he's a mess. <laughs> he is not a super spiritual person who's walking above everybody else. He's so real. And, um, 
he, uh, you know, just he, he, if he were here, he'd tell you, man, I just, I don't do that perfectly. I fumble along. But what he also would say is we've learned in our marriage, this is what God has called us to do. And we think every, in every marriage, God has called you to do this, to get vulnerable, to get real, to learn how to pray together, to pray over each other. And, you know, at first it's, it's a little itchy. It's embarrassing. It's, it's, and I can't explain that. I don't know why. But I think it's because it's a new level of intimacy Hmm. and um, really, really important in your marriage. And when I'm feeling distant, when I'm not feeling romantic, I take myself back to that place and I say, am I being real and vulnerable in my prayer time with Jeff? Because it's it's connected. It is. And it is so vulnerable. I don't know if... um... Would you say, I know men feel this a lot. When you say to a man, you know, you need to pray out loud with your wife. I mean, that's really scary. That's really scary for a lot of guys. Is that the same? Do you think the same is true stereotypically for women? Do they feel just as vulnerable in these moments? Yeah, I think so. I think maybe it might be a little bit harder for guys just because they feel the pressure of being the spiritual leader of the house and they don't know what that looks like. And, you know, I'd rather just leave for work and not not address that. I think it's practice. Honestly, it sounds silly that you'd have to practice praying. But when Jeff and I first started doing this, praying out loud, I didn't know what to say. And I thought, am I supposed to pray some big spiritual prayer? And we decided God would much rather have our authenticity. And so we just sometimes would say, um, you know, things like, God, I, 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 I don't know what's ahead for Jeff in this meeting, but I pray that you just give him wisdom. Just be with him. God, if they're, if he's nervous, if he's uncomfortable, just just be with him and help me to remember him during the day. And, um, you know, one other thing that this helped us do, it helps me do, is when I pray for Jeff in the morning, I just find myself thinking of him more often during the day, and I will send him a text right before that one o'clock meeting that he mentioned and that I prayed mm. over and I'll send him a text and I'll say, Hey babe, I know that, you know, this meeting is, may get a little tough. And so I'm, I just want you to know I'm praying for you right now. And that helps us then when we, when we reconnect at the end of the day, because Jeff will say, he'll say, man, I really appreciated that text. And then I will say, yeah, how did that meeting go? Hmm. And it gives us things to talk about, you know, at the end of the day, when we do reconnect and it draws our hearts together. Mm, it's that cue. You know, we talk about on this podcast a lot. We want to make marriage real fun and simple. And those are some simple things that anybody could do. Like, I'm going to really lean in and listen that this is coming their way at one. And I'm going to send them a text. I mean, just a yeah. two sentence text just means so much because, Sherry, I know personally how busy you are. So it's not like you don't have anything going on in your day. But to add that to it, I'm sure that... You know, Jeff, knowing the reality of your world that you're still making time to think about him is so powerful for the two of you guys. Yeah, it is. And, you know, prayer, uh, Ted, I think is one of the ways that God reminds us our world isn't all about us. Mm-hmm. And um, in my marriage, I definitely can feel like my day is all about me. No, um, I, I am married to Jeff. He is my best friend and my soulmate. And I want to think about him during the day. And that prayer in the morning just kind of helps me do that to think about him. Um, you know, and I'm not Miss spiritual. It's not like I'm praying for Jeff all day long. No, um, I'm, I'm not, but, uh, you know, just, just sending him a text at one o'clock, you know, right before that meeting is a great way for me just to remember, um, it's not all about me. 
It's, it's about us and our family. And even beyond that, it's about all the people that we minister to. Mm. Sherry, thank you so much for spending uh, time with us uh, today. I could ask you a million questions, um, but I think the best thing that somebody could do that's listening is they could go um, grab your book. It's called Together, A Guide for Couples Doing Ministry Together. Um, is there any other resources that are revolving around the Together book? And I know you guys are doing some different things that, that you could share with somebody that's like, wow, this was really helpful, but I really need to dive deep on this thing. Yeah, um, we have... Um a master class coming up. It's an online five session, um, uh, kind of thing that you can join into. You can do it uh, by yourself. You can do it with your spouse. You can do it with a church team and you can go to do ministry together.com to find out about that. Jeff and I love to connect with church leaders to just talk about this topic. Uh, Jeff and I are doing um, retreats for churches where we come in and we talk to your church staff about paying attention to your marriage, things like that. We'd love for you to contact us. Our site is ministrytogether.com, and you can find out kind of some of the things that we offer on there as well. Sherry, with each podcast, we always want to leave people with one simple thing that they could do. So just today, if you're talking to someone who's who's in ministry, uh, maybe they're they're experiencing some of the things that you've shared with us. What is one simple thing that they they could do? Yeah, I I think it is uh, to figure out a time to uh, get with your spouse and just ask each other this question: How are we doing in our marriage? And uh, I I would pick the time very carefully. Pick a time mm. when you can when you're rested, uh, when you're not stressed out. But uh, maybe make a date, you know, with your spouse. And just ask each other that question, how are we doing in our marriage? And be ready to listen and to take action on what you hear. But it's a great question just to launch discussions. At the end of the chapters, Ted, we put discussion questions in there. And uh, we encourage couples just to ask each other these questions, um, you know, to kind of get at some things that maybe you haven't talked about that you really do need to. But a first launcher is just ask each other, how are we doing in our marriage? Sherry, thank you so much. Uh, we hope Jeff's feeling better really, really soon. Uh, and we just want to thank you guys for pausing just such a busy life of ministry. It's not like you guys have retired to go be an author, uh, to be authors, right? Uh, <laughs> you guys have got so much going on, but you pause because this is so important. It's such a needed tool. And I am so excited that it came from the two of you because, like you said, you know what it's like on so many levels, how ministry can be such a challenge in marriage and also just being really real with your own story and giving people hope that, hey, you were almost to the end and you said, you know what? God wants to rescue this thing. So Sherry, mm -hmm. thank you guys. Uh, thank Jeff for us for taking the time to do this because I know it is going to bless so many people. Uh, thank you, Ted. It was great to be here today. And thank all of you for joining us today for the Married People Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast on the podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, we'd love for you to leave us a review. Your reviews help us to make this podcast better and get these conversations in front of more people who need to hear it. And finally, check out Jeff and Sherry's book, Together, A Guide for Couples Doing Ministry Together, or visit their website, ministrytogether.com. Until next time, I'm Ted Lowe, and thank you for listening.